welcome to Near and Far, the World Catholicism podcast. I'm your host, Karen Kraft, Manager of Communications and Publications at the Center for World Catholicism and Intercultural Theology at DePaul University in Chicago. Welcome to this edition of Near and Far. Today I'm talking with Sister Dr. Maria Vasanta, a member of the Congregation of the Sisters of the Cross of Shabbanah, which is popularly known as the Holy Cross Sisters. She is medical superintendent at Leonard Hospital in the town of Batlagandu in India's Tamil Nadu state. She's an OBGYN and has a diploma and fellowship in minimal access surgery and is also trained in ultrasound imagery. She's proficient in the practice of contemplative and Zen meditation and has completed certification courses in reflexology, yoga, and Bach flower medicine. Following an integrative approach to women's health, she uses a balance of Western science and alternative and spiritual therapies of Eastern science, offering her patients a variety of gynecological services, such as well woman care, infertility treatment, laparoscopic surgery, and comprehensive obstetric care, all the way from preconception to postpartum She also works with the region's village and school health programs to conduct awareness campaigns on various women's and adolescent healthcare issues, offering free medical camps to the marginalized tribal people who have limited access to healthcare. She believes that the purpose of her ministry is to empower women in their journey to motherhood and transform it into a spiritual and holistic experience. And her passion is to give the healing touch of Christ to everyone she meets with a holistic approach, especially the indigenous poor of the district. Well, Sister Vasantha, welcome. And thank you for taking some time all the way from the hospital in India to speak with us today. Thank you. Um, I wanted to, to start um, because I'm, I'm fascinated by the combination of, of someone who enters religious life which is such a commitment and takes on also the commitment of studying medicine and becoming a medical doctor. Um, and so I, I wanted to ask if you would mind sharing a little of your own personal story, um, what led you to become a religious sister as well as a, as a medical doctor and when, when you knew you wanted to pursue both of those paths, what that was like for you. Yeah, it was, uh happy moment. I was uh, raised in a very devout Catholic family. Uh, my both parents were very spiritual. Uh, and my mother planted that seed of God's love in me. I received a lot of uh, faith formation at home. Like uh, I have to attend the everyday mass, Eucharistic celebration. And our bedtime stories would be all uh, about saints, prophets, and continual motivation was there to read uh, scriptures. Every day I have to read Bible. Before I reached my fifth grade, I had read the book of Esther, book of Judith, book of Samuel. Oh my goodness. Oh, my mother. Yeah. Wow. My mother had made me to do all that. 
I think that instilled in me a hunger and desire for God. So that way I responded to God's call. And um, as I grew up, I saw a sister and I was very much drawn to her because of her passionate love for Christ's mission. She used to walk miles apart to reach to our place to teach us catechism and to lead prayer services. So <clears throat> I was captured by her passion to reveal Christ to the people of our village. So she was my true inspiration and role model when I was pondering to join uh, my religious life. Is she the same? Is she the same order um, that you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In our village, we have uh, our own convent there. Okay. So, yeah, she was. I was drawn to her, but I didn't study in our school. I was studying in a different school. But because she used to come, she walks the extra mile every Sunday. She comes to our place, though she was staying apart. She comes there, teaches us catechism. Uh, she used to teach us some nice songs and she used to conduct prayers. So I was drawn to her. Is, is she someone you're still in touch with now? Yeah, sure. Yeah, she is. Oh, that's she wonderful. Is. Yeah. Uh, she's quite old now, but uh, I am still. We are in the same province. I meet her now and then. Oh, my goodness. That's wonderful. Yeah, so, and the journey of becoming a doctor also was a, it is a faith journey for me. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, it was a faith journey for me. The mission of our congregation, you know, each congregation has a mission. You know? We have a mission statement. So the mission statement of our congregation is to reveal the merciful love of the Father to all people. So uh, one of the way uh, we do this, uh, reveal this God's love is through healing ministry, education ministry. But for our province, uh, healing ministry is one of the ways in which we reveal this mission to people. Uh, so our major superiors, and uh, since our province, our hospital is located in the remotest village of our nation, uh, our major superiors, they choose people uh, to send for medicine, to be a doctor and to be a nurse. All I that. see. Okay. Yeah. So I was chosen to be a doctor. How did you, how did you react? Were you surprised or did you yeah. think, oh, this fits what I... No, actually, I want to be a social activist <laughs> who okay. wants to work for the poor and the downtrodden. Actually, after my first commitment, I was sent to a place um, where we do not even have public transport. Uh, we have to walk miles, at least to one or two hours to reach the villages. I have to, and once we reach the villages, we cannot come back because we do not have any transport. Right. So we, uh, we used to stay with them. We used to stay in the house of the people. And they have a very small huts 
so some one corner of the hut there will be animals mostly cows inside and some, part, yeah. okay. and some partition will be there for them and small partition for us and kitchen everything they have it in the same place Oh my goodness, that's so different than... Yeah, that was the first year of my life. But I enjoyed, I cherished it, going there. We go in the evening. Uh, we used to have the self-help groups, we call them. Uh, we, we help them. Uh, some of them are illiterate, so we help them to take loans from the bank. We buy and give them cows so that they uh, milk the cow and they sell it and they make their livelihood. Uh, that was the work I was doing in the first year. And second year, I was in the basic Christian communities formation. I was working in a diocese. At that time, my major superior told me that you are going to pursue medicine. And uh, I accepted in obedience. We take power of obedience. Sure. Okay. And also, I personally, I have a strong belief that whatever happens in my life, has a purpose. God has a purpose for whatever happens in my life. That is my strong faith from childhood. Maybe I have acquired it from my parents. Yes. <laughs> so I accepted it well. I pursued my studies. Of course, I had good marks and they look for certain values in us that we will hold on to. So I pursued my studies that day. <laughs> so... And how long is, is medical training, medical school in India? Uh, the first, uh, uh, we call it in the undergraduation. Undergraduation lasts for five and a half years. Okay. Then one year of internship. Mm -hmm. uh, then uh, I had done my post-graduation after two years. Uh, that lasts for uh, three years. Post-graduation is for three years. That's, yeah, quite a process. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's good, yeah. And, and you know, with your, your original passion being drawn to social activism, I'm sure yeah. now, as you look back over yeah. your practice, you can see how that has been a part of your medical practice too. Yes, yes, yes. yes. What I want to realize, I am doing it now. I, I have no regrets. Oh, that's wonderful. So how, how old were you then when you finished and like finished medical school and began to practice? Uh, I think I was 27. Okay. 27, 27. So this is, this has been your career, would you say it's about, about 20 years? No, this is my 16th year. Yeah, I am 16. Okay, okay. my math was wrong there. <laughs> yeah. One of the one of the things that that fascinated me as I read um, and learned a little more about medicine in India and and the Catholic Church and religious life, is I I discovered um, something called the Sister Sister Doctors of India Forum. Um, yeah and a, a formal national organization, I believe of close to 1000 members um, yeah. of, um, of sisters, just like yourself, who are also medical doctors, MDs. Um, and 
and I know that you have been involved in that. You're a recent recent past board member, um, yeah. and um, now a, a regular member. Um, and I I wanted to ask because it is so fascinating. Um, if you could talk a little bit about your involvement with that organization um, yeah. and and its involvement, perhaps in the in the region where you are, um, since you are in one of the most remote and um, and poverty stricken areas. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, I think, first we need to understand what is the Sister Doctors Forum of India. Uh, the journey of thousand doctors today is started from one. <laughs> one, and, one uh, sister doctor. <laughs> yeah, one sister doctor. The story of the first sister doctor is very fascinating. That she is not an Indian. Well, she was was she British or Australian? She was an Australian. Yeah. Okay, she I thought I had Australian. Right. Yeah, she is. Uh, Sister Dr. Mary Glory. Okay. Uh, she, she graduated from Melbourne University in Australia. Mm -hmm. And after her graduation, she heard that in India, they lack women doctors and uh, they are in need of uh, women doctors. Because uh, the culture in India is that women do not go to men for delivery, male doctors for delivery. So many women were dying due to, uh, there were an increased rate of maternal mortality. I think when she heard that there is a need, she came to India as a medical missionary, but she joined the congregation of sisters of Jesus Mary Joseph. They are called as JMJ. Right. Yes. And she became a nun. She became a nun. So she becomes the first sister doctor. And, and this she was... This was the early 1900s, is that right? 1920, yeah, 1920. Okay. okay. Yeah, 1920. Then as she, she started in a small dispensary, then it went on to become a big hospital. Then as she was working, she realized if there were many sister doctors, it will be a great help to the nation. So she approached the Catholic Bishop Conference of India and she persuaded them to start an institution, medical education institution, where uh, sisters can be trained as doctors. So with her records, and maybe they already felt the need, and uh, uh, St. John's National Academy of Health Sciences, that time it is St. John's Medical College, was started in, in the year 1963. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, and uh, that was primarily for training sisters to become doctors, also Catholic boys and girls who will promise to serve in the rural areas. So I also was trained in St. John's Medical College. Yes, I thought I had read that. <laughs> yeah, I, so uh, that was the beginning. So every year they have a 15 percentage of the total seats are given to sister sisters. So year after year, they were training many sister doctors. Oh, that is the way uh, it is thousand sister doctors today. It's, to me, it's fascinating, especially when you think about in the 1960s that this was, the program was formalized. Yeah. Um, and at that time, I would say even in the United States, 
um, and the quote more developed Western world, um, yeah. there weren't there weren't many female doctors in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so so to so in in many ways it seems that the church in India was ahead of its time um, yeah. Yeah. to yeah. start this program for women and and especially for women religious. It, did, um, yeah. it seems. Um, doubly revolutionary and yeah. um, and and it's um the sister doctors are are a critical part of the healthcare system in India. Yes, yes, correct. Like the the healthcare system wouldn't quite function in the same way without this organization. Yeah, yeah. So as many sisters were there, they were posted in different parts of the country. And uh, if you uh, short, uh, this uh, there is a difference between uh, healthcare system in north of India and south of India. South of India is uh, I am where I am there. Actually, it is much developed. Uh, our maternal mortality rate and infant mortality rate is much lower than northern part of India. I see. Okay. And many of the sister doctors are in northern part of India. Tamil Nadu we have only sixty-five sister doctors. Ah, okay. Okay. Many of them are there. They are in the remotest villages. So when they were posted like that, they felt they faced a lot of dreaded challenges, a lot of complication in their practice. So they felt the need for solidarity. Of course. To have some sort of community. Yeah, yeah. They want other to depend on. Yeah. So with that only this, uh, uh, in 1993, Sister Doctor yeah. Forum was started by uh, another sister doctor, Lillian. Yeah. She also happened to be a Jain Jaina. I'm sorry? Uh, um, yeah, she also happened to be a uh, sister from the Society of Jesus Mary Joseph. Oh, the same. That <laughs> like oh, it, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So from then onwards, we have an annual gathering every year. It will be in different parts, sometime in South, sometime North, sometime Northeast. So different parts of the country, they, we gather for three days, three to four days. We share our challenges, our concerns, our experiences. And we also have a day of uh, academic program related to rural health. To holistic. Uh, yeah. Okay. And our, some of the concerns are also taken to CBCI, Catholic Bishop Conference of India, and also to CHAI. Oh, the Catholic, yeah, Health, Catholic Health Association of India. So uh, it's all taken up and uh, it's a time of renewal, uh, kind of spiritual, psychological, physical and academical renewal it is. So three days, of course, on the number of people who attend are less. All the thousand sister doctors are not present. They come, maybe maximum is 300. Okay. They well, do I'm, not I'm sure the rest, and, the rest yeah. of them are so <laughs> involved in their daily medical work. Or maybe every year, maybe the, the three the people are different. This year I go, next year I may not go. This sure. year I may attend, next year I may not attend. Like, 
each one plan their programs like that. So we also function in regional wise, like we have some eight regions, like Tamil Nadu is one region, Kerala is another region, and three different regions are there, and the North, Northeast. So each region also has a kind of uh, annual gathering for one or two days, and we plan our projects. Every year we take up some project. For example, this year ours is a cervical cancer awareness program. Oh, cervical cancer program. Yeah, yeah, that is one of the leading cause of death in India among women. Okay. So we, some of us conducted camps, some of us gave INS program. I went to a village and I gathered women and I gave a talk on cervical cancer awareness. But there were other sisters who did pap smear. Okay, yeah. just yeah. a very practical exam. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is the way Sister Doctors Forum function. And, and you mentioned that that every year at the national gathering that there is an ac the academic program on holistic health. Um, yeah. And and that. Not, uh, sorry, Karen. It's not a holistic health. Rural oh, health. Oh, rural health. I, I apologize. Yeah, yeah rural okay. health. It's like uh, even if uh, those who are in the remotest place, even if they are trained in uh, pediatrics, they may practice uh, OBG. They are neurologists, nephrologists, gynecologists. A little bit of everything. Everything. So sure. they take up some common things that are faced in rural areas. So that are addressed. Of course, we have some scientific sessions also are also there. Well, and the, the rural work that you do, um, I know that um, from from what I've read um, yeah. that that there's a large there's a um, significant focus on um, traditional Indian medicine and yes. um, the more um, comp alternative medicine, um, complementary medicine, and um, mm -hmm. other other forms of um, non-Western treatment. Non -Western, um, yeah. And um, and I I wanted to I wanted to ask you a little a little more about that. Um, yeah. Because I know um, you have so so much training and experience yourself um, yeah. in reflexology and um, the Bach flower remedies. Um, and I know that those are um, those are methods you use in your daily like work with women. Um, and I, I wanted to, to ask if, if you on like a personal level, if you or your anyone among your friends or family have experienced healing or the benefits of this um, Indian traditional medicine, um, it's, I know it's one thing to see it um, in your patients um, and another to, to have a personal connection to it. Yes. Um, and I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that. Um, I am. I still go for if any ailments. I still go for uh, alternative medicine. Uh, recently, I suffered a lower back pain. I had a hysterectomy. After that, I had a severe lower back pain. So I had gone to an Ayurveda center. Oh, sorry, Ayurveda center. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I. I, I stayed there for 10 days. Uh, it comprises of everything, oil therapy, oil massage, 
yoga, meditation, pranayama, and the diet, everything. After 10 days, I was totally normal. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and it was, it was a full, it was a full 10 days. Like you were sort of yeah, an Ayurveda yeah. retreat almost in a way. Um, yeah, where it you was were... something like that. Yeah. Okay. And the doctor assessed me. She actually proposed for 21 days. For 20 yeah. days? Yeah, 20 days she wanted me to stay there, but I said, okay, no, it's not possible for me. So I had taken 10 days and... Uh, but that was, that was enough yeah. for... Yeah. But uh, uh, one more example I like to tell my cousin, he, he, he presented with acute abdominal pain and scan showed ureteric stones, the ureteric stone, the size was 11 mm. And when we consulted the urologist, he said he has to undergo uh, ureteroscopic surgery. 11 millimeters, you said, the size. Yeah, 11 millimeters. That's, that's yeah, quite large. large. Yeah, um. that's quite large. So he said <laughs> there is no other option, so you have to go. Uh, but he decided to go for alternative medicine, naturopathy. Okay. And uh, he was advised to take uh, small calitropes it's a plant. Yeah. So okay. that medicine every day morning, he was grinding and taking it in the empty stomach for 10 days. Okay. On the 13th or 14th day, he passed out the stone. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and so, and, and the, the Western, the Western option was invasive surgery. Yeah. Surgery. Yeah. And, and so he avoided all yeah. of that <laughs> in less than two weeks. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Has, he had, has he had any recurrence of that? No, so far, no. We confirmed it with the validated with ultrasound. And, and he's normal. clear. That was <laughs> and the type of plant, again, can, can you um, give us the name again of the type of plant? Uh, small calitrope, C-A-L-I-T-R-O-P-E-S. Okay. And was it like the, like a powder from the, from the plant or the? There is a plant. It was a plant leaves that was grinded and taken. Okay. Okay. It's available here in the forest areas. So did he, did he actually gather it himself? From... Yeah, gather, gather. Yeah. Because here, you know, here in the U.S., um, for those types of alternate alternative treatments, you would go to a health food store and you would buy a little bottle of, yeah. of ground yeah. leaves. And um, but he actually was able to just go out and yeah. pick himself the yeah yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, thanks for sharing that. Those are um, such such interesting, fascinating stories um, and, and really hopeful as well, because so many times I think in, in Western medicine, you, that you're presented with the only option is something yeah. invasive or, and, and it's clearly not the only option. Yeah. Um, um, and and in, your own, in your own medical practice among the patients that you've worked with, um, yeah. What are what would you say are some of the most remarkable examples you've seen of of this traditional 
medicine alternative therapies being effective where where Western medicine was not. Uh, in my clinical practice, I feel uh, any disease that has a bit of psychosomatic uh, component, uh, sure. the Indian traditional medicines are effective. Uh, uh, for example, migraine, headaches, oh, migraine yeah. headaches. Uh, migraine yes. headaches. Yeah, and also there are two uh, category of diseases which I felt that uh, Indian traditional medicines are, are doing much more uh, effective than other medicine. Um, uh, one is uh, arthritis, okay, lower back pain. Uh, in Western medicine, we tend to give painkillers, then we give disease-modifying drugs, then we give steroids. Uh, then we go on higher side, which has a lot of side effects. People suffer gastritis. Yes. So, uh, but uh, I have seen a patient who suffered like this with the gastritis. She went to the Ayurveda doctor. Within two years, she was totally free. But in Western medicine, when it is given for arthritis, there is a lot of relapses or recurrences. Yes, it, and for many yeah. people, it's very chronic. Correct. Yeah, chronic. Yeah, they live with the stigma of chronic disease. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Sometimes uh, when they are stressed, there is a recurrence. During winter, there is recurrence. Uh, but I see uh, Ayurveda among the Indian traditional medicine. Ayurveda seems to be the best medicine for uh, arthritis and other uh, uh, back pain, uh, chronic musculoskeletal disorders. And it and it is more effective in the sense that it it doesn't recur in those patients. Yeah, um, it doesn't. Yeah, that is the. Also, dermatological diseases like psoriasis, dermatitis, eczema, these also disorder. tend to be uh, recurring uh, during Western medicine treatment. But I have seen people being healed with the Siddha, Siddha medicine. That is one of the Indian traditional medicine. Ah, uh, yes. There's three different, three different, five different. Oh, sorry, five different types. Yeah. I, most people think of Ayur but Ayurveda, but there's Ayurveda yeah. and Siddha. Unani, yeah. Ayurveda, Unani, Siddha, uh, homeopathy, and uh, naturopathy. Okay. Yeah. I perhaps I should talk to you offline later about the the migraine. The migraine treatments and the and the skin treatment. Okay. <laughs> um, those are some personal obstacles I have that uh, perhaps some alternative medicine could help with. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I, I I wanted also to um, to ask a bit about the Catholic Church um, in India and its um, support how it works to support and promote these, the, the more traditional treatments. Um, and through the Catholic Bishops Conference of India, for example, and, and CHAI, which you mentioned earlier, the Catholic Health Association of, of India. I know they, they have a six week training, I believe CHAI does for sister nurses. Um, and yeah, I, I wanted to see if you could tell us a little more about that 
um, and perhaps touch on um, especially how the church has been involved um, during the COVID pandemic um, with um, promoting traditional forms of medicine as well. Um, as I have already explained, the presence of the church is almost, uh, uh, it is in the rural areas. It's very few hospitals we have in the city, maybe hardly a handful of hospitals. We have it in the city. Otherwise, it is almost always it is in the rural areas. I think that is one of the great act done by the church because in the public health is not able to reach there. So church is doing that. And um, uh, church runs six medical colleges around, uh, yeah, six the medical Catholic colleges. Church runs six. Church runs, yeah, six medical colleges. 117 uh, nursing schools and uh, 200 and uh, 2857 dispensaries. What? Uh, yeah. These dispensaries are mostly managed by sister nurses because uh, uh, most of the places, the public health doctors, even if they are available, they will be there only for a few hours. So, uh, yeah, three hours, four they hours. They can't fully yeah. staff. Yeah, yeah. So, they, uh, so they, when they leave, it is the sister nurses who take care of the primary health care need of the most of the rural villages. Sister nurses. Not even sister doctors, but sister yeah. nurses. Wherever sister doctors are available, it's okay. But uh, even we have a dispensaries, around five dispensaries, which are managed by sister nurses. And, and when you say dispensaries, do you mean more like outpatient clinics? Um, yeah, where clinics. Patients yeah. can come for, yeah, for treatment. Yeah, for basic treatment like fever or common ailments. Or if something serious, they are referred from there to ISM. Okay. A basic emergency, uh, they attend. Sure. Yeah. And, and, that, and, and then that would... Um, that would be why so many sister doctors and or sister nurses need to be um, a bit of a, a bit of a specialist in every little area. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's incredible then that the the, the that the Catholic Church can yeah. can go where the the public government the state yeah. cannot yeah. reach. Yeah. Um, that is, I I feel very proud about Catholic Church ministry in the rural areas it's uh, i am uh, what i am doing is uh, nothing compared to some of my colleagues are doing in the northern part of india they handle almost every day rupture uterus terrible terrible it's very <laughs> and and how how would you say um, during covid how would you how would you say yeah. that the treatment to that? Yeah, the healthcare system, like uh, the healthcare delivery or the model, the healthcare model which the church uh, uh, promotes is one is community health, another one is a holistic health. It is basically holistic health. To achieve this holistic health, they propose two models one is community health, secondly, Indian traditional medicine. So community health is like we go to the awareness campaigns, 
doctor at the doorstep of the rural areas also uh, addressed uh, addresses the social and environmental factors that are causing illness like chai has many projects uh, for uh, pro to provide sanitation clean air clean water so okay. chai works at the level of community health okay so this address, to address this uh, holistic health church promotes indian traditional medicine so many of the member institutions have alternate medicine centers like for example there are five women congregation like uh, sisters uh, congregation of sisters of uh, immaculate conception servants of mary uh, sisters of medical mission sisters uh, nazareth sisters uh they all run an alternative medicine indian traditional medicine center where they offer holistic health uh, besides indian traditional medicine they also offer yoga meditation counseling so it takes care of the whole person uh, there are uh, even uh, our congregation we have started a center uh, this is that is our current project we have started the alternate medicine center so entire beside this we we don't have a complete data available i can surely say most of the practice some part some part of alternate medicine along with western medicine in the rural areas that's and uh, we have a homeopathy college run by uh, mangalore diocese one of the diocese they train doctors for homeopathy and there is one center amala institution that has a medical college for uh, allopathy and a medical college hospital in the same campus they have a ayurveda research center and a hospital oh my goodness it's all exist in the same place so people have the option to choose and specifically this amala uh, research center is doing lot of work on uh, cancer use of ayurveda in cancer and and this this amala center is it in in your part of india in the tamil it's in kerala it is my neighboring state yes okay yeah. okay it's a neighboring state so not far and uh, during covid 19 also church was promoting uh, the all indian traditional medicines it was distributed within the church campus that is some water made of some 25 herbs this water was distributed in the church in our own hospitals uh, there was a lot of uh, awareness programs which helps to take uh, uh, a lot of materials were distributed uh, whatever relief kits were given uh, to the people so it contained a herbal medicine pack Okay. which they can prepare at home and drink so i feel on the whole uh, church is uh, traveling towards this uh, uh, following christ mission in a holistic way and promoting integrative healing i also know a sister doctor she is allopathy doctor but she has in her uh, same setup she has uh, all the other indian traditional medicine also she is using both it's it's truly a a wonderful 
comprehensive approach. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and even more, let's say even more comprehensive um, in the sense that there's a spiritual element um, yes. as well, if if nothing else through um, through you as a sister doctor and your colleagues as sister nurses and that you're motivated by this inner desire to bring Christ and his healing to other people. Um, it's truly holistic in that sense. Yes. Um, and um, perhaps even more healing um, for the individuals. Um, I know that you have, um, we're talking now and it's it's early in the morning here in Chicago where I am, but it's, um, it's evening, nine o'clock PM or so, um, there where you are in Indiana, it's, it's a Friday on, at the end of a, of a long day that you've spent in the hospital and you're still in the hospital speaking with me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I want to say thank you for that. Um, and that your, I think your, your passion for bringing Christ healing to other people is, um, is clear in the simple fact that you're, you're still at the hospital right now on a Friday night speaking with me yeah. <laughs> to let people know a little more um, yeah. about what this type of work is like. Um, and um, on behalf of, of DePaul and the Center for World Catholicism and Intercultural Theology, um, I just want to say thank you for your time um, and for sharing so many fascinating stories with us today. Um, and I wish you all the best um, in your professional practice um, and going forward there at Leonard Hospital. Yeah. Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much. Near and Far is produced by the Center for World Catholicism and Intercultural Theology a research institute focused on Catholicism around the world with special attention to the church in the global south. The center is sponsored by DePaul University, a Catholic university in the Vincentian tradition in Chicago. Production assistance for near and far comes from Marlon Aguilar, Finnegan Chu, and Karen Kraft. For more information on the center and its activities, Look for the Center for World Catholicism and Intercultural Theology on the web, Facebook, Twitter, Vimeo, and YouTube.